0: So we are in week three of our series on the story of Gideon. If you've enjoyed it, can I get a round of applause on that? It's, uh, it is, um, it's a story that's not commonly shared. So I don't know about y'all, but it's it's uh, it's been a good refresher uh, for me um, to read up on the story of Gideon, and I've really enjoyed just kind of studying about the story of Gideon, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Uh, so I'm going to do a quick recap for those of you that maybe haven't been here within the past couple of weeks, or you missed one of the two, and it leads right into week three. So week one, uh, Pastor Dustin, he uh, kind of helped give us the beginning of this story. And the beginning of the story is that Israel is once again oppressed by uh, the Midianites in this scenario. And um, and so they're oppressed. They've been oppressed for seven years. And the angel of the Lord visits Gideon and tells him that the Lord is with you. And Gideon says, I think you got the wrong guy here, because if the Lord was with me, I don't think we would be oppressed for the past seven years. So maybe we we missed it on this one. And uh, And so the Lord says... Well, uh, if you're oppressed, why don't you go save your country then? And you're the guy to go, go save it. And Gideon says, well, I think you're off again because my family is like the weakest out of all of us. And I'm the youngest of my family. So I'm kind of the least of the least. And I, you might want to get someone else kind of thing. And so then um, the Lord says, nope, uh, I, I'm pretty good at this. Uh, you're you're the guy. And so um, he said, I'll be with you. You got this, don't worry. And Gideon's still like, don't know that I believe you. Uh, can you give me a sign? Can you just hold tight for a second? He goes, makes this offering, and the Lord takes the staff, the angel of the Lord takes the staff, touches the, the offering, lights it on fire, and vanishes like a magic trick, you know, just like, what? Can you imagine Gideon just sitting there like, what just happened? And so Gideon's like, all right, I believe that was legit. Uh, And so he, he said, I believe that I just saw the angel of the Lord face to face. And now he's on a high. He went from I am nothing to this is really happening. And that leads us right into week two, where it says, uh, Pastor Steve told us that that same night, the angel of the Lord goes on to tell him, all right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to tear down and cut down all the idols that your dad and and your people, the Abizorites, I want you to tear them down. And now that might not seem like a big deal but Pastor Steve helped us understand like this is like all that these people like are about are these idols. And so Gideon didn't quite have the nerve to do it like in the middle of the day so he waited overnight, did it overnight, everyone wakes up, everyone freaks out. Like what has happened? Baal is gone. Hang on, what is going on? And so they are out of control. Who did this? I want to know. I want blood. All right. And so Gideon is in hiding, and his dad, Joash, the leader of his people, he says, Well, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Like, if if Baal's our God, lowercase G, if he's our God, then um, he'll take care of it. You know, if Gideon did it, then our Baal will take care of him, don't worry about it. And he fends off the people of his son, right? And so we end last week where Gideon's kind of in hiding in fear for his life because he's done this this step that God has told him to do. And that leads us right into week three. And so we are in Judges chapter 6. We're starting in verse 33. We're going to go to the end of the chapter, verse 40. So we're just going to read through this fairly quickly, and then we're going to unpack it um, throughout the rest of this morning. So verse 33, it says, Now all the Midianites and Amalekites and Other Eastern peoples uh, joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Verse 34. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizorites to follow him. 35. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh. I kept, like, screwing that up when I was preparing. I'm like, don't screw this up. Manasseh, calling them to arms and also into Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali, so that they too went up to meet them. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor if there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is exactly what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece, wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. Do a little flip ski. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. Let's all pray together here real quick, and then we'll get going. Jesus, God, we love you so much. We thank you, God, for who you are and what you have done for us You have made a way for us, and we are so grateful for your love and your grace, God. Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just kind of speak to us this morning, that you would just kind of speak through me right into our hearts, Lord, right into our minds so that you can show us something new, something fresh, something that may be encouraging as we try to do this thing called life, Lord. So Jesus, speak to us this morning. In your name we pray, and everyone says... Amen. Amen. So I was trying to think of um, a situation that we could relate to where coming out of week two, when you wake up, and like all of society is lost their mind because something has happened you know, like like Gideon cutting down Baal and the idols. You know, I'm trying to think, because I don't know about y'all, but the, the last time I worshipped, like, some, like, man-made God and, like, poles and stuff, it's been a minute, right? So um, I'm trying to think of, like, what would really, like, make sense to us? And so um, I got to thinking, what if what if you woke up in the morning and you roll over you get the cell phone out and you pull up facebook right everyone's first step right <laughs> and and so you pull up facebook and you just see all your friends like going crazy the banks won't give me my money the whole financial system is shut down like you can't use a credit card you can't get any of your money they won't give me my money and everyone is Freaking out. Like, can you imagine? Like, hang on a second. Let me let me pull up my bank account. Let me see what's going on here. Nope. Like, the website doesn't even pull up. Can you imagine? Like, ah, like what do we even do now? You know? Just me? Like, I what I can't get my money? And so I I you then like look on. Social media, you're trying to figure out, like, what is happening? What's going on? How does this happen? And then you see it. You see it. You see someone say, it was Gideon. He shut things down. Where is he? Where is this dude? I want some piece of Gideon, right? And now we're, like, trying to find him you know, find a friend on, does he have an iPhone? You know, can we find this dude? And so we're like searching for Gideon. We want this dude and i got something to say at bare minimum, okay? And that is the situation that Gideon finds himself in going into this week, that everyone is like wanting to kill you. Can you imagine being that dude? And so what I found interesting, in verse 33, it just kind of tells us that the oppressors have moved into another uh, area of the land. And so um, in verse 34, I found interesting. This is the second verse in our story here, right? So just off the heels of this scenario that I've just painted for us. And it says, then the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon And he blew a trumpet, which is kind of like, like if you're hiding for your life, like standing out and blowing a trumpet. It's like, I don't know if that's the right move, dude. (laughs) Right. And then what I found even more interesting was summoning the Abizorites to follow him. Those are the people that just wanted to kill him. Right. Like that. We're two verses in. They're trying to kill him. And now all of a sudden, two verses in, they're following him like, I'm about to go into battle and give my life to follow this dude because I believe in him. What just happened? Right? That's kind of one end of the spectrum to the other. Right? And so uh, I got to thinking about this. I'm like, That is a drastic swing in a very short period of time. And the only answer, then the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. How awesome would it be to have the spirit of God so evident in your life where you could change someone from wanting to kill you wanting to give their life to follow what you've got going on, to have the evidence of the Spirit so strong that they go from one end of the spectrum to the other. And so what I love here, and I've got four points for us. Our first one is um, that if you can show that for us, God wants you. But he gets the glory. God wants you and you and you and you. He wants each one of us. He wants to use each one of us. He has called each one of us. He has created each one of us for something specific for his kingdom. But he gets the glory. We've we've learned a little bit about Gideon now. Gideon is a nobody. Gideon uh, has essentially no self-confidence. I mean, uh, I think we all have had some insecurities (laughs) in life, and, and yet he still wants to use you. He still can use you. And in fact, he actually would prefer using you because of that insecurity. Because what I believe here is God wanted to use Gideon, and there's plenty of proof of this through other stories and scriptures, where God used people that knew that they were weak. They knew that they couldn't do it, and he knew that they would rely on him. They would count on everything that he said, every direction he gave, because they knew they couldn't do it. And I don't know about y'all, but that is really encouraging for me, because I feel inadequate to be standing up here trying to teach something here. But if I just lean into him, we are weak in ourselves, but through him we're powerful, right? So God wants to use you. And something that I um, also liked here is, so Gideon blows this trumpet. He's standing out there confidently now. He's saying, follow me. He's got Uh, his own townspeople now following him. And then in verse 35, it shows us that some of the other surrounding areas that have also been oppressed decide to jump on board too. So Gideon takes the lead. He gets his own townspeople to follow him. And now the others are like, you know what? Let's take on the bully. Let's do this. You know, so I thought that was cool that, you know, Gideon was able to be eventually courageous enough to take the lead, and now look who's following. Now you've got all, it's it's contagious when we are uh, acting off of the Spirit of God and acting with courage to press forward, and we'll find that other people will find that attractive. So let's lead, let's lead well. Verse 36, and I'm just kind of, as you can tell, kind of walking through the story here, but Gideon goes right back to questioning God a bit um, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised goes back to kind of questioning things and it's like, come on man, like how many times has he got he gotta tell you like you're the dude go you know, and you're reading this story you're like come on man you know you got he ain't got to do all this. And um, something that's important to call out here, though, is that it says, by my hand as you have promised. It's one, thing to, it's one thing to ask God for confirmation of a promise that he's already given you. It's one thing to ask God for confirmation of something that, where he's trying to guide you and lead you, he is, versus asking God for a sign or for confirmation of something that you want. So the intention of our heart matters when we ask God for a sign, for confirmation. What is your intention when you're reaching out to God, asking for that confirmation? And that's something that we have to just kind of do our own soul searching. And am I being genuine with this? You know, am I, am I truly being genuine or am I just wanting what I want? Right? And we go into to verse 37. It starts getting into the thick of things here. Um, And this also leads me into my second point. And actually, before we even go into the verse, I'd like to give us the second point. And that being that God's word saturates the soul. God's word saturates the soul. And I'd like to show that to you here. So in verse 37, um, it goes on to uh, go into our first sign of the fleece. And I thought about calling this message fear. Fear, faith, and the fleece. And um that's kind of where we find this story is this, is it fear or is it faith through these fleece signs? And um and so he goes on, you know, if if this is to be, why don't we put dew on the the fleece? and the ground dry around it. And what I wanted to uh, share with us is actually a little bit about what dew signifies in Scripture. And um, so in order to do that, I want to go to Deuteronomy 32 and 2. And it says, Let my teaching fall like rain, and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. And I got to looking into some different commentaries around some of this and the pairing between this and our scripture and judges and um, what do signifies. And and I came across some commentaries that I thought were just kind of beautifully spelled out. And I got in there and started tweaking up some things as well to to kind of form this thought. And it's it's kind of, so good that I'm just going to kind of read it um, and not try to work my way through it. So bear with me as I read through this, but I want you to really lean in and listen to this because I just find it so refreshing. Again, God's word saturates the soul. So as the dew distills silently in the night into the wilted plants on which it falls, so shall God's word and doctrine under the spirit's influence descend upon my soul. As the dew insinuates itself into the plant, giving it fresh life and vigor, so shall God's word and his spirit give renewed life to our worn and drooping soul.'" He can give joy and sorrow, peace and chaos. And it's even more beautiful to consider that in these Eastern countries where rain is scarce, the dew is the only precipitation. It's invaluable. It's like us in this desert of a broken, sinful world. God's word is the dew that saturates our soul. Isn't that beautiful? It just saturates our soul. And I love how it calls out in the still of the night. And I think about um, when I feel like my soul is being saturated is when I'm behind closed doors, and I'm reading his word, and I'm praying. When no one else has a clue, that's when I feel like my soul is most saturated. So I want to encourage you to find that place in the still of the night where the dew can just saturate and saturate. And I love in the story how it calls out that the fleece was soaked, you know, like God just poured it like, like a flood. I feel like we just sang about that like a flood just poured, you know, and he just saturates us so much and so well, and it feels so right. It's such a beautiful thing. Point three, God's ways are better. That's probably a shocker, right? God's ways are better. I, um, I don't know if anyone watches the show Songland And if you've been around me for the past few weeks and you haven't heard me talk about Songland, I would be shocked because I'm a little obsessed about this show. Um, And it's really about these people that come in, they pitch a song that they've written to these producers, to an artist, and it's a really cool show. Uh, Throwing a little word out for Songland, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, But... In this one particular uh, episode, there's this guy just had the coolest like spirit about him and just a really fresh feel that he gave across the screen. And he, he wrote this song and said, be different, be nice. You know, this concept of being nice is actually different because we're in a world where everyone's not so nice all the time. And, and it got me thinking about our story here, our story here with the fleece. See, Gideon asked for this sign because it needed to be something supernatural. It needed to be something different. It needed to be something that would stand out because he's about to go to battle. He's about to put his life in harm's way, right? And so he needed something to stand out. And there's this correlation in this scripture uh, with standing out with the supernatural to what the church is to be. The church is to be something different. It's something to stand out it's something to be fresh, you know, and that's why we have our our values that we've had a series on and we, we're just ramping up this year we've we've got values like light always wins, you know god's light if we if we are god's light, we are that light for people in a dark world that is appealing and attractive, right and We've got our blood type is be positive. Be positive in a world full of negativity and sarcasm, where you kind of, like as a society, we look for opportunities to cut people down, right? Like we get a high on cutting people down. That's like the society we live in. But when you get around people that are genuinely positive and nice, it's like, hey, this kind of feels good. And they like uplift you, and you walk out feeling better than when you walked in. You're like, I could get used to being around these people. Those are the people we like to be around, right, where we, we get energy off of being around them. And it's like, yeah, I need more of this. And all of a sudden, this becomes attractive. It becomes attractive because it's scarce. Uh, We had our board meeting yesterday morning, and one of the things thrown out as an obstacle is Man, we live in this world, people are just like consumed with themselves. So, like, how do we get people to get outside of that? And I got excited in that moment. I was like, you know what? I know we're saying this is an obstacle and everything, but to me, I'm getting excited over here because I know that what we have with the Spirit of God, and the more that we can be positive and the more that we can live out these values that we've called out, the more attractive we're gonna be because it's that scarce, right? So I'm excited about what God's about to do in, in, in this community, how he's going to use us and give us opportunities to step into that. So God's ways are better. It's always different than what society tells us, what's cultural. God's ways are countercultural, and they tend to work a bit better. Amen? Amen. Fourth point, God's grace is greater. God's grace is greater. It leads us into verse 39, (laughs) where uh, Gideon just comes off of asking God for this sign. Let's get the the fleece all soaked up and the the ground dry around it, right? And and so he just comes off of this sign. He's like, yeah, but... um, Don't get mad at me. Uh, Just one more, one more ask. Let's make sure of this thing. Uh, Let's flip it around. Let's do the fleece dry and the ground wet. And and I'm just, you know, as I read through this story, I don't know about you guys, but it's like, wow. That's like, how many more does God have to do here? Come on, man, let's get with it. And uh, in this case, this sign is even a greater sign than the one before. The reason being is, naturally, the fleece would soak up and draw the water. Makes sense? So logically speaking, the, the fleece would soak up the water around it. And so Gideon gets to thinking, <laughs> maybe that just happened to happen because the fleece would soak it up, you know, so... Let's try it this way. Let's, let's try it the way where it doesn't make sense, and let's say, you know, fleece dry, ground wet. And this would be just a sure sign that this is, you know, what I'm supposed to do. Have you ever questioned a sign? Have you ever questioned a sign that God's given you? <laughs> I love that, because I'll tell you this. Uh, as most of you, if not all of you, know, um, we uh, we just moved back from Charlotte, and um, we were out in Charlotte for a couple years. And before that, God started dealing with us about moving to Charlotte, and I gotta tell y'all, guys, I fought that so hard. I fought it so hard, my like, God! I've never even dreamt of moving away from Saint like, this is home. Like, I've never even thought about it. And I would ask God for signs. I would ask God for signs. Hey, if this is really what I'm supposed to do, I don't want to... If this is really what I'm supposed to do, give me, give me a sign. And I remember driving down the road, I'd be praying, oh, God, just give me a sign, give me a sign, and I'd look over and be a North Carolina license plate. <laughs> like we're in Missouri. I mean, but God, that's no, that that was just a coincidence. You know, like <laughs> that's funny. Um, so anyway, what were we talking about? And and so you know, I'd go on. And I, no, God, just God, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. I just want to do what you want me to do. I remember one morning so vividly. I I got done playing basketball, was getting on the highway to go to work, and it was right at forty sixty one. I was getting on at Winsfield Parkway, and I'm getting onto the highway, and I'm I'm praying God, like I'm so like tired of like feeling, what am I supposed to be doing here? You know, help me, help me, give me a sign, give me a sign. And I merge onto the highway and I look over to make sure I'm not, you know, about to run into someone. And I look over and just boom, 18-wheeler, on the door, big letters, Charlotte, North Carolina. (laughs) Yeah, but God, I mean, God, that's. What a crazy coincidence. That is crazy. Lord, just help me know. What am I supposed to do? I just want to know. And that's, until, until there was just one day, I was praying. I was in the car again. Do a lot of praying in the car. Um, and he wrecked me. Why are you fighting me on this? How many times do I have to tell you? And I just lost it. Because I knew. I knew we had to go to Charlotte. It was the last thing I wanted to do. But I knew we had to go, and I didn't know why. I had the slightest clue why. But I knew we had to go. And so I start thinking about all the logistics and, oh, I got to uproot my family and, oh, you know, and I'm a weeping mess. I don't know how I got to work. But that's how God works many times, you know? He doesn't give us the big picture, this is where you're going and... Because quite frankly, he loves us too much. Because you know what would happen is if we knew the end story, we'd be like, there's no way that's going to happen with me. You know, there's just no way. And so what he does is he says, all right, I'll give you a sign for this next little step. And then this next little step. And this next little step. And before you know it, you look back and you're like, how did this happen? How did this happen? That's how He works. That's how he works. You know, the past two years, I have not had this much growth. I've never experienced this much growth within myself, within my relationship with my wife, within my family, and the dynamic of my family and my spiritual being. Like, I have not had that much growth ever. Like, as soon as we got there, guys, like, Immediately, God was moving the chess pieces, and you could see it. like it was effortless. We just kept stepping into it, like it, it was unbelievable. I can't explain it; it was amazing, no doubt, no doubt, it was a God thing. And we t- we look into scriptures. God tells Noah, "Build an ark." God, it hasn't rained in like ever. <laughs> he builds the ark. Moses getting chased by the Egyptians. He's leading these people out, and they're like, all right, what are we doing here? And they get to the Red Sea, and they're stuck. And God tells Moses to put a staff, a piece of wood, out over the Red Sea. <laughs> OK, like that, what, what about that makes sense? But he does, and we know what happens. Yes. He's in the boat with Peter. Peter's been fishing all day. Jesus comes in. Dude, you got the net on the wrong side of the boat. Like, put it on this side of the boat. So Peter's like, I kind of do this for a living. Puts it on the other side. And the nets are breaking because of the fish. And they're calling friends over. Come help. Come help. He does it time and time again. Ananias is told in a dream to go pray for Saul, the man that is going to his town to kill him and his people. Go pray for him. Uh, And he, are you sure? Because like he's trying to kill us. He does. And then Saul becomes Paul who writes majority of the New Testament. It happens time and time again. And here in our story, Gideon, This is what's so encouraging to me because when you read it, you're like, oh my gosh, get in, get with it, man. Like he's told you so many times. But if you really like break it down, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, you're the dude, I want you to tear down these idols. That was a terribly difficult thing for him to do, right? Terribly difficult, but it gave him enough to do it. It gave him just enough to do it. And so he did it, and now they're wanting to kill him. And so now he starts, he's got fear. He's starting to worry. He's like, oh, no, am I supposed to be doing this? And then God tells him he's supposed to rally these troops, and you're supposed to go take on these Midianites. And so he starts questioning things again. That makes sense, actually. Like, everyone's trying to kill me, right? Everyone's trying to kill me. Maybe if God could give me a little sign that I'm still doing the right thing here, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. So then he asked God for a sign. He asked for him to put all the dew on the fleece and the ground around it. God does it. You know, 24 hours passes and Gideon's like, you know what? Like Before I like dive into a war here, um, it could make sense where the, the wool would soak up the water and the ground would be dry around it. So we use logic all the time. We are good at talking ourselves out of stuff, right? We're good at talking ourselves. We can use some logic, and so that's what he does. That's all he does. Hey, you know what? What if this just ha- it happened? It's a coincidence, right? Like this actually could make sense. So why don't you do one more time? And this nothing about this makes sense. So if this happens, I know, I know that it's you. And God does it. His grace is so much greater. His grace is so much greater. The band can make their way up. You know, I told you, I I thought about titling this Fear or Faith in the Fleece. And I think it should actually be fear and faith with the fleece. I think a lot of times we think fear and and. Faith can't coexist, but I mean, if you think about it, happens all the time. Uh, God starts nudging us to go to Charlotte, and I start, "No, nope, I don't want to. I want to follow you, God, but like, I don't know about that. I still believe in you. I want to do it, you, but uh, let's make sure, right? And we work through that, and He's patient enough. And he shows us enough grace to where he just works through that with us. He just kind of holds our hand to, okay, whatever you need. And as long as our heart stays in the right place and we've got the right intentions and we truly want to follow after him, he'll be patient with us. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that encouraging? Because we can question things and we do all the time and that's okay. Gideon shows us through this, it's okay, Like that's part of the process, but keep seeking him. Keep seeking him, keep seeking direction because sometimes it can actually be dangerous. It can actually be dangerous to hold on to an old promise for an old season and try to apply it to a new season, right? Sometimes that can actually be dangerous. That old old word may not apply to now, and so we have to keep seeking Him, and we have to keep looking for a reassurance and, and know that we are seeking Him and His will genuinely and honestly. As I looked into the different signs of the fleece, I found some really cool things. And I like I said, I really enjoyed studying this. Uh, but the first fleece, commentaries were kind of divided in what these, these different miracles and signs, they actually signified. Some of the commentaries believed that the first, the first miracle of the fleece, where the fleece was wet and the, the ground was dry, was to signify that first and foremost, God came for, for his people, the Jews, the Israelites and that he came and he soaked them with his favor first. And that when things flipped, we got to get in on the party as the Gentiles, that it then spread to the rest of the world on the ground, spread to the rest of the world to us Gentiles. Thank God, right? Other commentaries had a different viewpoint, and I really loved this said that the dew on the fleece was a sign that the Lord God would once more give strength to his people to get through this situation. We know throughout the Old Testament, it was like Israelites would get out of oppression. Then before we knew it, they would make poor decisions and not follow God and They're oppressed again, and up, and down, and up. and So in this situation, the dew on the fleece was God was giving them strength, once again, to break through the oppression of the Midianites. The second sign, though, is what really got me. The fleece was dry. And the ground was wet. May have signified that God Almighty would wrap himself in flesh and come to this broken, broken world. And while The other nations were on a high. They would eventually crucify our Savior. He would lower himself for us in our sins. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to make a way like that, to endure the pain and the sin for us, for our sins, for our way to see him in glory, to see him in heaven one day, but that he would lower himself, endure the pain, endure the sin, and eventually be crucified by those nations around him. And of course, thankful we know What happened three days later, that he, risen from the grave, his Holy Spirit is just with us now, and we can live with his Spirit in us.